Welcome to The Alignment Show, featuring conversations with folks who have taken steps to identify their highest values and align their lives around them. Time on this earth is not unlimited, and you may be seeking to make sure you spend your time on things that matter to you. These conversations will encourage you and support you in doing so. Now, let's meet this week's guest on The Alignment Show. And a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it happens to be where you are in the world. Welcome to this week's edition of The Alignment Show. I'm your host, Don King, and it's my privilege to bring to you each week guests that we talk with about how they have brought their lives into alignment with their values, usually through difficult times. Our sponsor this week, once again, is myself or my book or however you want to look at it. It's going to be coming up soon. We think that uh, we're going to the beta readers later this week. Should be released mid-September, maybe early October. So if you would like to be notified of how things go with that. Let's see here. Where is that? Yes, down there at the bottom. Those of you watching on video, you can follow along. And those of you listening on audio, you can go to donking.com. That's Don with a double N. Donking.com slash 3YO. And you will be able not only to keep up when things are released, but there will be some perks that are available only to people who are on the subscription list. So with that, let me tell you about our guest this week. Uh, it's somebody else that I have gotten to know through the Bob Berg Group that we talk about on here quite frequently, the Go-Giver Success Alliance. Uh, I met Kathleen Hanover in that group, and I could tell immediately that she knew what she was doing as a speaker. In fact, she is a certified Go-Giver speaker. Now, we'll talk a little more about what that means, but... Um, I thought, you know, I've been in this group for a while and, and Kathleen wasn't here. Well, as it turns out, she's been dealing with some life challenges. And so let me tell you a little bit about her background. She says she does public relations services, marketing strategies, public speaking, coaching and training, all delivered in alignment with the five laws of stratospheric success. Now, those come from the go-giver. Her motto is, I spread good news that improves people's lives. I love this. She says, I'm a recovering realtor, old house renovator, and failed cat foster mom. May have to dig into that one a little bit. But for the past several years, she's been a full-time caregiver for her husband. He was injured in an industrial incident and then was diagnosed with uh, cancer. Uh, sadly, he passed away not too long ago. And so Kathleen is back working on the speaking thing, the PR thing. Uh, and folks, as I talked with her, I just said, we have got to get her in front of the audience for the alignment show. So let me go ahead and bring on Kathleen Hanover. Kathleen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Don. It is just lovely to be with you today. Wow. And I just can't imagine all the stuff that you have weathered along with the pandemic. I mean, you know, all that was going on during the pandemic. And, and so, you know, we, we want to, with the alignment show, we're always talking with people who have managed to, well, manage maybe isn't even the right word. You know, they have faced decisions where they had to say, what matters most to me? What are my values? And as you've gone through that, you are coming back to uh, a speaking career, a coaching mm -hmm. career. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, we, we, we don't want to, um, we're not going to get maudlin here, but we do want to for our audience to say, how in the world have you dealt with things? Wow. You know? And so, so yes. what, <laughs> uh, what, what was it that led you to, instead of saying, okay, I'm just over it. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to live on my savings. I'm gonna, I, I have no idea. Um, I think we're kind of in a similar age group. You know, you could very easily have just said, I'm just done. And you're not doing that. You know, what, what is it that has brought you through all of this? That's an awesome question. And I'm really grateful for your invitation to share this morning with you because well, it's morning where, where I am, um, because I hadn't really thought about it. Honestly, I was, I was so busy doing it. Um, it never occurred to me to ask, where is this coming from? Where is this strength or this tenacity or this ability coming from? But I do have a quote I would like to start with. Please. Um, this is Mark Twain. Let us endeavor so to live that when we come to die, even the undertaker will be unhappy. Mm. Mm. And I think having lived through so much over the past several years, I think that's an awesome lesson. And another lesson, I'm, I'm really pleased um, that Bob Berg is actually on the, on the live stream this morning, because another thing that I think when I look back on everything that, that became so obviously important is the fourth law um, from the five laws of stratospheric success from the go-giver, which is the law of authenticity. Um, the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And it's, it's really interesting. I, I just want to do a little bit of a thumbnail because I think the pandemic was so hard on so many people. And there were a lot of people who had issues. There you know, were a lot of people who were diagnosed with cancer. There were you know, a lot of people. Um, but by the time the pandemic hit, um, my husband and I had already been so just buffeted um, by life. We had a house fire in 2016, um, 2017. Um, we had a business that failed. Um, 2018 is when he was injured at work. Um, and it was, I called it an incident because it wasn't an accident. His employer um, directed the store handyman, my husband worked in a big warehouse store, to um, disable the safety features on a freight elevator because it was inconvenient. Mm. So unsurprisingly and not accidentally, um, the freight elevator gate ended up crushing my husband, causing him a huge long list of severe injuries. So um, I became a go-giver certified speaker in 2015, which is an amazing honor. And I'm very eager to get back into that world. Um, but I never really got a chance to use it because there was just seemingly one thing after another. And um, I had never, um, my husband and I were newlyweds. I had never been married before. Um, and so marriage was all new to me. And then suddenly, pretty quickly after we got married, um, I became a full-time caregiver, really overnight. And, um, you know, caring for someone with, with really profound disabilities, I, I was going through some of the notes from that time to kind of refresh my memory. And 
Caden, my amazing husband, Caden, was seeing eight different doctors between mm. um, the work injuries and the, um, you know, the cancer treatment and everything else that he was dealing with. So <laughs> I wish there were some way for us to get him on a podcast to talk about his experience, because I don't know how he did it either. I don't know how we did it together, um, except that I'm really stubborn. <laughs> I'm really, really stubborn. And, and once I get an idea in my head of how something should be, it's, it, I am like a dog on a bone. It's very hard for me to let go, um, which is both good and bad, depending on the circumstances. Um, yeah. So I, I think the tenacity, um, and I, I do want to mention, I, I put together a resource list last night. Um, I just, I couldn't sleep and, which is not unusual for widows actually, but I couldn't sleep. And um, so I just, I was up till about four in the morning um, trying to think of all the things that I have learned over the years that helped me get through this. And so I put that together. I mean, normally the marketing and PR person in me would, would, come up with some kind of an offer <laughs> for everybody listening to this. Um, but I just, what I wanted to share was some of the tools that helped me get through everything. And um, especially in the middle of a pandemic, dealing with appointments in three cities, a hundred miles apart, um, the masking, the, I, I mean, it, it was incredible. Um, when my husband was diagnosed with cancer, he had already, he was, he was, I think it was about a year and a half after he got injured. And so we and remind had, me of the timeline real quick. There. Um, he was injured October 15th of 2018 and he was diagnosed with cancer. Um, the week before Christmas of 2020. Um, so really I, deep into the pandemic at that point. Yes. And in fact, um, he, I took him to the ER with belly pain and he, and we thought either he had appendicitis or maybe he was, you know, passing a kidney stone or we, we didn't know what it was. It was just a sudden terrible pain. And, um, so I dropped him off and they wouldn't let me in the building. They literally would not let me come into the building. And, um, and so I learned that my husband had metastatic colon cancer in the parking lot of the ER at about 10:30 at night on a Saturday night in the cold and the dark <laughs> yeah. uh, on an app on on the my chart app on my phone because his, his phone somehow the notifications didn't work on his phone so we had it on my phone and um, so I, I got a little message that, oh, you have a new test result. So I opened it up and the, literally the first word I saw on the page was metastatic. Mm. And I had to hold that because I didn't know, first of all, I'm not a doctor. I can't interpret these things, but I know what metastatic means. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what they had told my husband yet. So I had to sit with that until he told me. Yeah. Because the doctor wouldn't return my calls, wouldn't get on the phone with me, wouldn't do anything. 
So um, it was a time of immense cruelty. Um, and and I, again, my husband and I weren't the only ones who suffered. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting to look back on this in 10 years. Um, but anyway, we're still pretty close to it right now. Um, yes, we're still we're still in it. A lot of people are still in it. Um, so I I had to live with that for about uh, almost full twenty four hours before my husband told me, "Oh, they found a mass," and they kept him in the hospital for about three days. I was not able to see him any of those days. And and when my husband went to the ER, he already had a traumatic brain injury. He already had spinal injuries. Um, he already had severe depression and anxiety and um, suicidal ideation because of the, ironically, because of the antidepressants that they put him on for his traumatic brain injury, yeah. which one of the side effects of them is, you know, suicidal thoughts all the time. And um, I think that was the incident that really galvanized it for me, um, which was, you know, getting, getting through the other things, you know, getting through a house fire and we didn't have electricity for about three and a half weeks after the fire, but we, you know, basically stayed living in the house. We, we went full Amish for almost a month. Um, but it's just, it's just tenacity. And um, I guess both my parents came from really, really poor, really, really terrible backgrounds. And they just never gave up. They never, 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 never gave up. And so I kind of got that from them. Um, and so by the time this happened, I, I, you know, for the first year after he died, I, I second guessed myself over that every single day, every single day. Why didn't it, why didn't I insist on going in with him? But mm. obviously we didn't know, I didn't know he was going to be diagnosed with cancer. So, um, and, and I think he, you told me that, that after that, every time it didn't matter if they said you can't come in, you said, Oh yes, I am in some fashion. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I learned this from Bob Berg, who has a, a one of his many great books is called Adversaries into Allies. And that's in my reading list on my um, on my Web page that I set up for this, which is KathleenHanover.com forward slash lemons for everyone listening. Um, and and one of the tenets that I learned from that book is, you know, you're you're dealing with essentially a functionary, you're dealing with a gatekeeper. And I let the, the gatekeeper defeat me the first time because literally we thought, oh, it's kidney stone, it's appendicitis, he might be in overnight, you know. Mm. Um, and I allowed the gatekeeper to stop me. And I never allowed that to happen ever again. Mm. Um, after that experience, it, I was so galvanized that my husband was never, ever going to be alone again when he was dealing with this medical stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, and I was never mean. I never raised my voice. Um, and, and every functionary who tried to tell me, I'm sorry, you know, ma'am, you can't go back there. That's just for patients. I would very calmly explain that my husband had a traumatic brain injury. It has, um, memory was sometimes impaired, that he wouldn't accurately report what was happening with him, and that um, he had poor judgment. 
And I said, I would hate for your facility or the doctors to um, get into trouble for providing him inadequate care because they were ignorant of what was going on with him. And, and this is basically the tone of voice that I used. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would say, I, I understand you didn't make this policy and I, and I understand the reasons for the policy, but I'm sure you understand that, that in order to get the best care, my husband needs to have his medical advocate with him at all times. And, yeah. and, after, and, and that's exactly how it went. And I, and I was never going to take no for an answer, never. It was never going to happen again. And so um, it never did. <laughs> um, and after we got to know a provider, I, I would feel comfortable like dropping him off um, after there was kind of a rhythm established and we, he knew what to expect and I knew what to expect mm-hmm. for like, you know, chemo treatments and things like that. But um, and, and when I took that tone of voice, when it wasn't like screeching or demanding or hysterical or angry I was I had a lot of compassion for the people who had to I mean it had to be terrible for them to turn people away it had had to be Um, and I I acknowledged that I just acknowledged it look I understand you're trapped in this policy and you didn't make it but they stuck you out here on this desk to tell people no and, and I understand that and I don't want you to get into trouble for anything. So if, you know, um, if I, if you would feel more comfortable if I spoke to, you know, your manager or the charge nurse or whoever's on duty, um, I would be happy to. And I never had to escalate. Oh, one time I had to escalate to the next level. Um, but that, it, it just never happened. And, mm-hmm. and I think, I think part of it was um, those techniques that, that I learned in adversaries to allies, but also I think it was just, I decided <laughs> it was never going to happen and it just didn't. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and I don't know where that came from. I, I, having looked back on, back on all this, because when I, when I listed it, I think on that initial um group video that where you and I talked when I listed out everything it amazed even me all the stuff that <laughs> that we've been through and I mean and the and right around the time Caden died um three months before he died I had to euthanize his favorite cat who was like 15 years old um six three months after he died I had to euthanize um a kitten we had gotten right when he got sick kind of helped him through everything who was she was diagnosed with feline leukemia and three months after that i had to euthanize his other old cat that he brought from canada who was 17 i think and so in the course of like a year or not even that long you know euthanizing my husband's favorite three cats and losing him and Mm -hmm. 10 days after my husband died my dad almost died (laughs) So I spent, I spent, a, I spent like two months sleeping in hospitals through the course of 2021, 2022. And so now I'm kind of an expert at that. I hate that I'm an expert at that. Oh, but, yeah. 
I've learned a lot. <laughs> I've absolutely learned a lot. And, um, and one of the things I learned is the value of authenticity. Hmm. Because um, to get the best care, you have to be honest. You have to yeah, be honest yeah. with what's going on with you, um, with how something feels, with if you have misgivings. Um, my husband got mostly got wonderful care, but there was, um, I had to take him to the emergency room, um, to a local hospital, not the ones where he was normally treated and he got terrible, awful care. And, um, there was a time at four 30 in the morning. Uh, I was, because again, I never left him alone. If he was in the hospital, I was in the hospital. And so, um, and I, I didn't have family close by. I didn't have friends who, you know, I have, I have a, a lot of friends who all have some kind of immune, comp, you know, compromise or some kind of chronic illness. So they couldn't be there. Um, my closest family was, you know, either a thousand miles away or a hundred miles away, depending. And uh, it was just me. And so there was something wrong and I knew it and I felt it in my gut. There was something wrong and his, his blood pressure had just plummeted and, and there were all kinds of alarms going off. And I called the nurse on duty and I'm like, look, this is what is going on here. I'm like this, I've never seen his blood pressure like this. This can't be right. And I was kind of blown off. Mm. And, and I said, I want to see the hospitalist on duty. Oh, well, he's busy with an emergency. And, and I, I went as high up the chain as I could at 4.30 in the morning. Um, and I, the people who did speak to me, who was only one, one nurse and I think a charge nurse, said, uh, it's, it, well, we'll make a note in his chart. And so the next morning, uh, a resident and another administrator, I think, came in and said, we're really sorry to tell you that, you know, your husband's kidneys have been damaged because his blood sugar or his blood pressure was so low last night. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, cause he, he, he ended up in the ER because he, he was, he was losing sensation in his feet because of the spine injuries. So he was unsteady on his feet mm -hmm. and he took a fall. And I'm like, we came in because he fell and now he has a kidney injury. Yeah. And, um, you know, so again, it wasn't foolproof and I, I second guess myself a lot. Um, but I think the biggest thing that got me through the last two years is an amazing grief counselor at hospice of Dayton. And that's one of the resources on, on the, um, uh, reading list at kathleenhanover.com forward slash lemons is, um, a link to, uh, a, a group uh, uh, grief counseling for, um, it's basically group based grief counseling, um, that is offered by a lot of churches. It's called grief share. I haven't personally done grief share, but I know lots of people who have and, and swear by it. Um, I was lucky to have one-on-one -on -one grief counseling free from hospice. And, and this is true for anyone who's dealt with any kind of grief. It doesn't have to be someone who passed at hospice. Um, most nonprofit hospice facilities have some kind of grief counseling and a lot of them open it up to anyone in the community. All you have to do is call 
um, and you could call um, like your local United Way might be able to refer you or just call your, you know, find out who's the closest hospice to you um, if you still struggle with grief. And that's been by far the most helpful thing for me. Um, mm. But I think it built on, you know, the tenacity and the ability to kind of survive all this. I was I an think, overnight sensation 30 years in the making. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, do, do I remember correctly, you told me after his passing, you basically spent about a year uh, dealing with the grief. Am I remembering that correctly? Or? Oh, longer than that, I think. Longer than, I, yeah. I, I, I feel and and like there is no timeline. I mean, you know, we don't want to leave an no. impression there, but... but No, there is no timeline, but it, it was it wasn't just the grief. I think it was, I think I literally have PTSD over a lot yeah, of things yeah. that happened yeah. during the pandemic. And I guess one of the things that I want to get across to our listeners is you did not just jump straight into, you know, he's gone. I'm going back into business. Oh no. Which can be a, a workaholism. <laughs> you know, the workaholism thing would be where you're using work to avoid mm -hmm. dealing with the grief, dealing with the difficulties. And you did not do that. I couldn't do that. I, yeah. I, I sometimes wish I had been able to do that because my life would have been easier. But um, but no, I wasn't mentally capable of doing any of that. Um, mm -hmm. I was uh, I, I delayed my gr my grief for my husband. I, I had 10 days to mourn. And then my dad went into the hospital. He had a, a terrible reaction to a, um, uh, the jab that must not be named and yeah. uh, ended up in the hospital. We didn't know if he was going to ever wake up again for several days. So mm -hmm. I, I piggybacked from losing my husband 10 days later, thinking I'm about to lose my dad. And I'd lost my mom 10 years ago. So my dad was like, you know, last link, last know. link. And, um, so in that situation, I had some really invaluable help. There've been invaluable people who have helped me along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so relationships are another, another key to this. You know, <laughs> I'm an individualist, I'm a libertarian, and, and I really believe, you know, every, everyone is an individual and you have the right to kind of make your own decisions and everything. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, um, the human experience is so universal in so many ways. There, there's always someone who has gone through something similar to you. You're never alone. Yeah. yeah. There's, Somewhere in the world, someone has gone through what you're going through in all likelihood. And people who've been there can be a really great source of inspiration and information. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was so lucky that when Caden was being hospitalized kind of in like the last month of his life, um, that I had a client who wrote a book. Oh, a cat just broke into the office. FYI. <laughs> I, I was afraid of that, but yeah, she, she elbowed her, elbowed her way in. Um, <laughs> when he was in the last month of his life, um, I, I had a client who literally wrote a book called um, The Informed Patient. Um, and it's about how to survive your hospital stay. And she was on, you know, I was texting with her at like two in the morning. Um, and her name is Sarah Merwin, and I'm eternally grateful to her for everything she did. And buy her book. It's amazing. If you or someone you love is going to the hospital, you must read this book. And there's a I will try. 
we'll try to get those links into the show notes here. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate Absolutely. to interrupt, but just you know, we've we've named some resources. I'll bet her book is probably on the lemons list, and if it it's is. not, it will be okay. It so is. Folks, uh, those of you who are listening, we put on the screen a few times kathleenhanover.com slash lemons. Kathleen has mentioned it a few times, but we will make sure that it's in the show notes as well. So all you have to do is click on that link. And and I, as I said, I can't, I cannot thank her enough for all of her advice. Um, she's not a doctor, but she her co-author is a doctor. And here comes the first cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's one of the cats. Yeah, this is Blip. Um, so <laughs> we we don't know how many guest cats we'll have on the show today. So we'll find <laughs> we'll find out. Okay, yeah. thanks, Blip. Love you too. Yeah, and, folks listening um, audio only. We just had a guest appearance on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, at any rate. Um, Sarah is not a doc. She's a, she has a master's in, in public health uh, and is a, a fabulous researcher and her co-author is an MD. So she was absolutely phenomenal in helping me navigate like hospital systems and mm. knowing when to say the magic words. I like, I'd like to present to the ethics committee, which unlocks all kinds of doors. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. Um, okay. That's but good she, advice, right? Yes, there. she was she was amazing, and it's a it's a fantastic book. I think every I think every hospital should give that away to every patient and their families. Mm-hmm. Honest to gosh, great um, resource. Fantastic. And, and, let, and let me interrupt here because we're starting to run out of time. Uh, wanted to comment. Um, you know, another libertarian here. We, <laughs> um, you know, we value freedom of speech, freedom of expression. There's all kinds of freedoms there. Part of that is freedom of association. Absolutely. You, know, you, you can choose your community. You know? Exactly. And so we have individual responsibility, but we don't have to go it alone. I just wanted to re-emphasize what you were Absolutely. saying there. Uh, also, um, it occurs to me in, in a, another line of work that I have done, uh, I'm pastored some churches. Uh, and people, I realized long ago, they would use pastors as sort of cheap psychologists, you know, because they don't charge $120 an hour. Um, and it struck me that there'd be somebody who would come into my office and they're telling me in confidence about something that leaves me saying, how is it you are not curled up on the floor in a fetal position? You know, and and then they would leave and the next person would come in and the next person. And when you run into these people on the street, you think, they're happy-go-lucky. They don't have a care in the world. And what we're all doing is, is at some point, everybody is going to face or has faced a devastating situation, but we don't talk about them. And so we feel isolated. Exactly. And then you have the isolation of the pandemic on top of that. And again, folks that are watching, we've been sharing chats on the screen from time to time. The audio folks are not seeing these i did want to mention um bob berg uh we shared this a little earlier so proud of you for doing that and for the way you handled that situation with the hospital uh, i mean that i could see where it was serendipitous that you had the training in 2015 that no doubt helped you in dealing with these situations and uh, it, like i said i was a th- it was 30 year <laughs> i guess the guest cat is staying um it was a it was a 
you know, I was an overnight sensation at being a caregiver after 30 years of intense training. Oh, yeah. So, um, Lots it, of training for it. Personal, and then I'll, personal growth. And that's where the authenticity comes in. Absolutely. It, and then Bob's uh, um, partner in crime, <laughs> uh, Kathy Tejanil. Kathleen, your resilience is inspiring, and I would agree. Thank you for sharing your powerful experience. I'm so sorry you've had to go through all of this. You will help so many people with your story. And and, and indeed, sharing our stories uh, can go a long ways towards helping each other. Um, You know, Peg um, and Duchesne. No dichotomy between individualism and relationships. It's simply a matter of choice. And so you have chosen. Um, you know, let's, let's, uh, oh, wait a minute. That was, that was Bob. I thought I was clicking on Peg. There's Peg. Love the fact you've shown that being stubborn is a good thing. Kudos to you, Kathleen. It can, it can be. Yeah. <laughs> it can well, be. I think most things that can either be, depending on how they're developed, they're either a, a problem or a useful characteristic. Exactly. So as, as you are moving into um, doing business again, doing it from a place of strength, um, we haven't emphasized the business in this interview, but, you know, th- this is something people – may be interested in getting in contact with you. We've shared the KathleenHanover.com slash lemons. I'm sure folks know that from that, your website is KathleenHanover.com. And so I've got a QR code up on the screen for people who are watching. If you're hearing this audio only, again, we'll have the link in the show notes. Um, Kathleen, if somebody were to reach out to you for um, your insights, your services, what kind of thing are you focusing on helping people with? Um, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I've just recently kind of come back to work after, you know, taking care of my dad for a while, um, trying to take care of my husband's estate, which still hasn't closed, get an estate plan, everybody seriously. And, um, um, so I'm kind of in a rebuilding phase. I, I love training people. I love um, speaking. I, I do marketing public relations work. I spread good news that improves people's lives. And um, that's what I, I really love about this, the go-giver message. It, <laughs> the five laws of stratospheric success are legit. <laughs> they Absolutely. really, really are, um, because I used another law a lot in dealing with my husband's, you know, medical issues, which was um, your influence is determined by how abundantly you put the other person's interests first. Mm-hmm. So I look at everything through that lens. Um, so one of the things I really enjoy doing is helping clients understand their the, the benefits of their own products or services. Um most marketing is very features focused and there, there are some instances in which that's really appropriate. You know, mm-hmm. if you're looking for a widget that does X, then, you know, you already know you need a widget that does X, but um, a lot of marketers don't understand. It's not in my opinion. I, I call, <laughs> I call myself the benefits whisperer sometime because sometimes ah. because um, I, what I do is I kind of tease out. It's, it's not what your thing does not what your product or service does necessarily it is what it means to people it's what it means to people and 
I have just over the course of the last couple of years of my life, I have realized how vital meaning is to people. You know, taking care of my husband gave my life meaning that I had never experienced before. And it gave me a purpose that I had never had before. It was life and death. I literally, my actions or inaction could have a life or death impact on someone. And that never happened to me before. And so you think about all kinds of things you never have before. Um, you know, the, the meaning of what, how do you want people to remember you? Um, how much physical pain and disability are you willing to put up with before you want to tap out? Um, you know, and I do want to give a plug for, for pastors who are not just an expensive therapist. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also want to say if, if anyone is in the hospital facing any kind of hospitalization, almost every facility has a chaplain on duty or a chaplain that can be reached by phone anytime 24 7 and i met some absolutely outstanding caring amazing professionals throughout the course of my husband's hospitalizations my dad's hospitalizations and i could not have made it through without them they were kind of like you know my crisis people um who just listened all they did was listen you know mm. and i and i would tell people you know, if you haven't experienced a loss like this, it's just a matter of time, unless literally you're the first person in your friend circle or family circle who goes first. So everyone you leave behind will deal with it. Um, it's very lonely. Yeah. Being a widow is incredibly lonely because I think subconsciously your pain makes other people so uncomfortable that they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say to take the pain away. There's nothing mm -hmm. you can say to take the pain away. That's not possible. But what you can do is help that widow or, widow or widower by just doing the things that they're incapable of doing in that moment. You know, you don't have to say, um, I'm so sorry for your loss, although that is important. And, it, and it's good to know that people are thinking of you. You can say, do you have any food allergies? I'm ordering you groceries. <laughs> I'm having oh, groceries yeah. sent to your house. You know, um, are you going to be home on Thursday? I'm sending a house cleaner over to help you. Well, and just you know? the sense of presence and community. You know? Exactly. And just being there and just, and just, you know, listening, yeah. um, just listening in a in kind of a non-judgmental way. And, and it's, uh, it, it's hard. I mean, I, I was like that before I became a widow. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. And, yeah. and I had a friend, um, text me yesterday and apologize. You know, I'm, I'm so afraid I kind of dropped out of your life. And I understand. And I didn't know what to say. I get that. All you need to say is, I'm here. I'm thinking about you. I care about mm. you. Um, Even to say, I don't know what to say. And to say, I don't just be authentic, authentic. Yeah, I'm afraid of your pain. That's an authentic thing to yeah. say. And um, you know, it's, it, 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 it makes it feel sometimes like, you know, losing someone and grieving is contagious because mm -hmm. no one wants to be reminded of it. No one wants Indeed. to experience it. But I tell you what, being with my husband as he was dying was the most profound and intimate experience of my life. <laughs> and, um, 
I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the people who traveled a couple thousand miles to be there at the drop of a hat, literally. Um, I didn't have any family with me when he died. Um, I had several local friends and I had, I literally had people, I had somebody who drove 12 hours. Thank you, Sarah. And somebody who got on the next plane. Thank you, Michael. And, you know, were there for me and were able to say goodbye. And, um, I'll never forget what happened in that room. And after that experience, you just, you realize how much of life is just made up stories that we tell ourselves about what's important Mm -hmm. And, and very little of life is really important. And if you can just focus your energy and attention on those parts of life that really mean something, Soon you will have a life that is nothing but meaning. Nothing but yes. meaning. Yes. Yes. And well, I, um, I really hate to cut off our discussion because we could talk, you and I, we could talk for another hour or so here. I'm sure we could. <laughs> yeah. But two things one, we've already run along. And number two, I think you and I both are going to be getting to an 11 o'clock meeting with the Bob Berg folks that we've been talking about i think we are yeah so we will need to go ahead and wrap up don't go away i want to thank you um before we get off here i'm going to put you back in the green room for just a second and 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 i've I've got to tell you i want to thank you for coming on and opening up with this audience because you're talking about stuff that is at the heart of what this show is about so thank you kathleen it's such a pleasure Uh, to be here thank you I'll be right back with you, so don't go away. Okay, and folks, you, you know, if you've been around this show much, you know where this is coming from. It's the, the whole point of the way of the three-year-old why, figuring out what matters to you, what's important, living your life according to your values. So I think you can see why I was anxious to have Kathleen on our show. I hope that you have enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed is not the right word but that you have benefited from it, you have seen the humanity here, and that you take encouragement for your own life. Ah, uh, I'll tell you, oh, uh, I was trying to remember who our guest would be next week. We're not going to do a show next week. I'm going to be out of town. We're going to take just a little bit of a break. We do have somebody lined up for August the 9th, so uh, be sure and go to Confidence Cultivators dot com let me put that up here on the crawl because that's where you can get the show notes that's where you can keep up with what's coming up for our guests and uh, so uh, we'll be putting the announcement out for our august 9th guest that way but in the meantime thank you for joining us this week Uh, we will see you in two weeks and in the meantime be sure and come check the show notes out to get Kathleen's resources. Uh, I think it's named lemons because the old saying is when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Folks, it takes more than lemonade sometimes. It takes more than than margaritas or whatever else you can make from lemons. You know, it's, it's about managing. And so um, uh, thank you for joining us here on the Alignment Show. We hope that we can help you to live your values and value your life. That's it for this week's episode of The Alignment Show. What has it inspired you to do in your own life? 
Whatever it is, take action now and take the first step. It will help you to talk with a friend about what you're thinking. Share confidencecultivators.com to spread the goodness. And remember to live your values and value your life. We will see you next week on The Alignment Show.